Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are in episode number five. And again, our goal here is to take theology from the classroom to the living room. We want to make things that are complex somewhat basic to understand. And joining me, joining with me today is someone who is skilled at being basic, <laughs> is Dr. Reverend Philip J. Allen Jr. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that, and I take that as a real compliment. <laughs> well, I'm glad you take it as a compliment. <laughs> it wasn't meant that way, but... So, Phil is the pastor at Daystar Christian Fellowship in South Beloit, which makes him my pastor. He has that honor and that that just supreme task of... I don't know. I'm just losing my train of thought here. But Well, task for sure. Honor, <laughs> yeah, probably that. All right, well, Phil, we are we're talking about today sanctification, yeah. and so let's as we as we start this program, um, how do we define what sanctification is? Well, obviously, it's a big word and it's a church right. word. You know, it's a word we don't use many other places, and I think one of the problems we sometimes run into with uh, the churchy words is they're kind of murky feeling to us about right. what they are, and then. I was reading some stuff uh, earlier earlier in the week. Yeah, I I went out of the box. And, um, you know, it struck me that sometimes we actually make them murkier by using other murky words Mm. to describe them. And so sanctification is rightly attached to holiness. Yeah. But sometimes we'll just say we'll use holiness in the definition, and that just kind of uses a murky word to describe a murky word. You know, the simplest truth of sanctification is that it just means set apart. Yeah. It means set apart to something, to someone, for a purpose, for a relationship, any variety of things. But I think that the easiest way to remember what it means is is just that it means to set something apart right. for a specific purpose or a specific relationship. The illustration I like to use is, and I find as I'm teaching students, this becomes further removed from their experience. But, you know, growing up, I remember at my grandparents' house, you had the regular dishes, plates, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then you had that special silverware, that special set right. that was kept in the cabinet or in the uh, behind glass or whatever. You only took that out for special company. Yeah. You know, you didn't eat that, you know, while sitting in front of the TV watching the ball game, or you didn't have that for dinner typically. But if certain guests came over, you had that. That's your thing. That's it, it's set apart. It's special. It's not ordinary or normal. Right. Right. An illustration I use all the time is uh, I love coffee, and I have a specific spoon that's exactly the right size mm. for me to put the creamer in. I like. And so I use that spoon for nothing but that. It's just my coffee creamer spoon. I don't use it for soup. I don't use it for anything else. And so that spoon is sanctified hmm. to my coffee. You're the second guest who's compared sanctification with coffee. And I'm not comfortable with that idea. And I, But by the way, to our listeners, Reformed Roasters has not contacted us about any sort of <laughs> uh, advertising or sponsorship, even though we, we begged them in the last podcast. I think that might have to do with something, the fact that that podcast actually hasn't aired yet. Um, And I'm sure if it even had aired, I I doubt they'd be listening. But besides that, um, we are looking for sponsorship. So any drink that's not coffee is welcome. (laughs) Uh, Right now, we are brought to you by water. Uh, 
Anyway, so let's get back to sanctification, uh, to be set apart. And really, we were talking about this beforehand. Um, the idea, the biblical idea of sanctification really has three different aspects to it. Right, and I think that's sometimes where we get confused. Because if, as you're reading through Scripture, you find that it feels like it's referring to one thing one place and another thing right. another place. And, and um, kind of traditionally, typically, we'll divide it into three main aspects. I really don't like thinking of them as three different things yeah. or, or really even phases. I, I like thinking of them as three aspects of the same thing. There's, there's what we call positional sanctification. Which um, the the moment you place your faith in Christ, God sets you apart for Himself, right. and that's an absolutely completed deal. You you don't complete to it, you don't add to it, you don't take away from it. Right. You can't lose it. It's a done deal. So we call that positional. That happens at the moment of salvation. Um, and then there's there's a second aspect that some people call progressive, or some will call practical. And that's the idea in just the real life decisions and priorities and actions where I gradually look more and more like Christ. I'm increasingly set apart looking more and more like him. So that's that practical progressive aspect. And then and then ultimately when we die or Christ returns, those two will be united and and will be perfectly set apart for him both in relationship and in the reality of our experience and our nature. And so often that's called perfect sanctification. So it's positional, practical, perfect. And that goes along with the the last two episodes. We talked about justification in episode three and then episode four we talked about glorification. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why I picked sanctification here because it fits right in with those two ideas. Um, But the difference being justification kind of goes along with that positional idea Mm -hmm. of sanctification it is a done deal you have been declared righteous before god nothing's going to change that but sanctification i think as scripture mostly uses it is that idea of a progression Mm -hmm. that god is making the inward reality a practical evidence that can be seen Yes. As as slowly but surely you are changing yes. in that. Yes, I think that's exactly right. And and it so it kinda adds in that middle ground between justification and glorification right. where we're justified, we're saved, we're secure. Glorification, we are ultimately perfectly right. like Christ, but then there's this area we're all in yeah. where some days we do pretty well, some days we don't, and hopefully we can look over right. time and say, Well, I'm further along today than I was 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's, it's important to make this distinction because I, I remember talking to a friend a while back, and yes, I have a friend. And we were talking about Romans 8.30, and he couldn't for the life of him think, mm. why wouldn't sanctification be in that list of predestined, called, justified, glorified? And my answer to that is simply, all of those four that are in the verse are, are something we don't have a part in. This is all God-centered. This right. is all... A work of God. Whereas sanctification, we play a part in that. And if we get those categories messed up, we get into some pretty horrible heresy real fast. Oh, a horrible heresy or just a terrible self condemnation. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, uh, yeah, the, I think the application, which I know we'll get to in a few minutes, but I think the application of sanctification is fascinating. Yeah. Um, but you're right. If if we don't if we don't grasp this idea, and, and especially if we don't grasp, there are these three aspects of this. Um, 
we can get very confused and head down any of several very dangerous paths. Well, let's get let's get to our next section here. About let's turn to the scriptures. Um, now, you don't have your Bible today. I just want everyone to know that right off the stuff. Right. The right. I did. I did leave the um, house without my Bible, and I did not get back to. It's get one of those things so. where he couldn't find it yeah. under. You know, he hasn't used it in a while. All the pile of stuff. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I'm going to be under church discipline by the time this podcast is over. So over. <laughs> uh, you've got your Bible open already here. And yeah. so tell us where you've turned to and why. Well, I didn't. So, so for, I, there, there are a lot of passages we could list and maybe yeah. you have a list of them that, that we could give people. But for me, when I, when I think about it and, and especially when I'm thinking about those three aspects, there's the, the passage that always pops into my mind is first John three hmm. verses two and three. Because when you look carefully at it, all three aspects are right there, hmm. and and I just I so so I thought I'd share that quickly. It's First John three verses two and three, and it says, uh, "Beloved, we are God's children now," and yeah. so that's the positional. We are now. No matter how much you've grown or how little you've grown, no matter how long ago you placed your faith, or or if it was just a second ago, if you've placed your faith, we are now God's children. That's that positional aspect and then John goes on and he says um, and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him because we'll see him as he is and that's that that's that perfect one where we'll be made perfectly like him and then the final verse of that verse three is and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as Mm. he is pure and that purifies in the Greek is an ongoing idea something that I'm working on it's not done yet practically it's done positionally it's guaranteed perfectly but we're working it out right. practically and so i i love that verse because those couple verses because it it's just the whole truth of sanctification is right there yeah uh, by the way we, we are using the uh, english standard version which is the official version of the basic bible podcast with the fine folks at crossway wanted to sponsor us uh we'd love to have that happen but uh now back to our show. Uh, I, I thought of 1 Corinthians 15. Hmm. It's the first one that popped in my head. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. So you've heard the gospel. You've accepted this. You are standing in it. So there's a, there's, there's a positional. Then you are in the process of being saved. Right. So there's your, there's your sanctification progressive. In the rest of the chapter, we're talking about perfected bodies in heaven we're talking about the second coming we're talking about glorification yeah so you have all and again if, if we don't distinguish these three or, or recognize these three aspects of sanctification it's easily uh misunderstood or right. you can get confused right um i also thought of ephesians 5 we've mentioned in previous podcasts the ephesians idea 5. of christ making through the washing of the word yep. we are being sanctified one day we will stand before uh christ as perfect without spot without wrinkle and i'm i'm looking forward to that day yes absolutely because i know i boy just in even preparing for the podcast i'm thinking again through sanctification you know it's it's great to think positionally and it's great to think perfectly yeah um and then when i think about working on the progressive it's so easy for me to get discouraged because 
I feel like I should be a whole lot further along than I am. Well, and let's go to the, 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 our next section, the dangers to avoid. I think that's, that's yeah. part of it is that discouragement of, yes. I'm not where maybe somebody else is. Yeah. Um, I'm not like Phil. I don't have my doctorate in theology. Or I'm not like so-and-so who's the, the great uh, evangelist or uh, the guy that's got you know half of the Old Testament memorized or... Or even just on a practical level, I, that guy doesn't struggle. It does, sometimes it feels like I'm the only person who struggles with, and you can name your sin. Yeah, or the other thing that I've encountered is you talk to somebody, and <clears throat> for some, some, some reason, somehow, they've overcome something that you continue to wrestle yeah. with. And to me, this is just one of the mysteries of sanctification, because we know that ultimately, um, in that practical aspect, we've got to work at it. Right. We have to pour ourselves into it, and I know, you know, in application, maybe we'll talk a little more about that. But, um, but at the same time, it's it's ultimately even as I work at it, it's the grace of God that enables me to work, and and when there's victory, it's His grace that gives me that victory. Yeah. And it's it's always perplexed me and and frustrated me sometimes where someone overcomes something that I still wrestle with. I'm doing everything I can to wrestle with yeah. it. But I wrestle with it, and they seem to have overcome right. it. And yeah, any of those things where we're comparing ourselves to other people yeah. or to timelines, to our expectations, or frankly to other people's expectations, yeah. is a real danger. And it's a danger on the other side of that. If you've overcome that sin, well, why hasn't Phil gotten over this yet? He must not be as spiritual as I am. Right. Or there's got to be something wrong with him if he's not as spiritual quote-unquote, as I am. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I think on the flip side of that, there's a danger of legalism. Yes. Um, I am going to achieve my own sanctification by following these steps and these rules, and I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to uh, not do X, Y, and Z, and that's going to make me the perfect Christian. Yeah, or even or even more secure with God. Yeah. You know, I think if if one of the dangers, especially when we understand the three senses, is confusing the three senses. Right. And so we understand that progressive sanctification, I've got to work at. And yeah. first Peter's second Peter's really upfront about that. Right. Or, you know, make every effort. Um I have to work at that. But if we confuse that with positional Right. And we think, I have to work to be secure with God, to be positionally, yeah. you know, in a, in, a, in a solid position. That Then we're off track. Yeah. Or, or on the flip side, if we confuse positional, which is all God's work, yeah. with progressive, which includes my work, we may think, well, I don't have to do anything to grow. Right. I just sit back and God does that somehow. Yeah. And if he does, great. If he doesn't, it must not be his timing. Yeah. Um, so we'll move right into application. I think that that's the first thing I've got down on my list is keep on going. Yes. You know, you've got to, you have got to be at war with your sin. Yeah. You have got to continue on in the struggle. Um, and, and you are to be walking with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Keep going, I think, is, the, is a great application, especially that practical aspect. But even yeah. there, you know, what, what enables us to keep going hmm. Well, and, and, and really it's the positional and the perfect. Right. You know, we struggle with sin out of a position that's absolutely secure. Right. On the days I fail, I'm secure. On the days I succeed, I'm secure because of that positional right. sanctification. You know, and so 
I, I think that, that that idea of application to me, again, is so cool with sanctification. Because if you take those three, positional, what's the application of the positional sanctification? Well, it's security. Yeah. If I am truly cemented in with Christ, as the Bible says, then I am secure yeah. with him. The application of the practical is sort of the that challenge you said. Keep going. Keep working at it. Pour yourself yeah. into it. And the application of the perfect is hope. You know, I, I, I don't always feel like I'm growing, but I have yeah. the hope that those two are going to come together. And sanctification is a beautiful concept. It is. It's a beautiful concept. I was just thinking of, of uh, Romans, Hebrews 4, the idea that we could boldly approach the throne of grace. Yeah. And the boldness there is in the very fact that I'm there. Yes. I can walk into the throne room of God, me, mired in my sin, yes. mired in my unrighteousness. I get to stand before God, and he's going to give me grace. Yeah. And, you know, when I offend somebody on a personal level, my natural tendency, like Adam and Eve, is to hide. Yeah. I don't want to face that person. I, I don't want to see him. Uh, I duck at every chance. But God who already knows what I've done and and it is already in all places <laughs> anyway uh, I, I, I can stand before him and ask for forgiveness and he's going to give me grace and he's going to give me mercy yeah. um, because I am already firm in my relationship with him and so that that you know we're, we're going to fall but a just man falls seven times and rises up again that's right so get up keep working yep. knowing that hey the only reason why you're able to do anything is because of the grace of God. Your relationship is secure. And God is going, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Right. So he's not going to give up. Right. And so I, I, I love that Hebrews passage of, of boldly approaching. And then just as you did, it immediately ties it. You approach right. to receive grace and mercy. Yeah. You know, and if we think so often, we do exactly the opposite. We approach boldly when we've done well. Yeah. You know, and then I'm bold because I did well. I've earned that approach, you know, and then when we haven't done well, that's when we're timid, you know, and yet this tying it to approach boldly exactly to receive grace and mercy is awesome. And you can't do that if you're not positionally secure. Right. That's what allows you to approach boldly because that, that position's already there because of what he did. So what are some recommended resources if someone wants to dig in a little deeper here? Well, that's that's an interesting thought and you know I don't I don't I don't like just kind of typing sanctification into Google. Right. Um, I think though there are websites that are, you know, Desiring God has yeah. a whole slew of of articles and resources and sermons available and and the nice thing about a spot like that is you can you can go there and you can be pretty sure they vetted it. Right. Um, I also really appreciate. I I don't I don't know that he directly would lay it out this way, but I I appreciate Jerry Bridges, hmm. um, the pursuit of holiness, yes. practice of godliness. Um, but then also always add in transforming grace. Right. Um, he did a really interesting kind of sequence there with those three, pursuit of holiness, yeah. practice of godliness, transforming grace. Um, I appreciate those. Now, one that I don't know that I'd say it's out of the box, but it's older. Um, that's that's always meant something to me. I can't say I agree with absolutely every aspect of it, but um, J.C. Ryle. 
Oh, holiness. Yeah, yes. holiness um, is one that I encountered in my education early on and is one that I find myself going back to. little more to wade through. You right. know, that one's... Well, I don't know. You might have just upset a whole bunch of my Reformed friend by saying you don't completely... 100% agree with line by line, verse by verse. Right, and I, and, and I, I, there, yeah, and that's probably true. I, <laughs> um, I certainly would consider myself, you and I have talked about this, I, I certainly consider myself um, more Reformed than not, more Calvinist yeah. than not, um, but I'm not sure right down the line about... Well, and there's, and again, I'm going to upset some people, but there's no reason to shackle yourself down. No to a particular group or camp or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I've got a couple books here, but I, 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 I can't believe I, I didn't think of the Jerry Bridges books because those are, sure. they're accessible, yeah. they're readable. Practical. Yeah, yeah, and you know you can't go wrong with Jerry Bridges to begin with. I right? agree, right. Uh, the books I've got here, I've got the big thick ones. <laughs> so and you actually have the books yes. too. I just jotted notes. Well, it helps that we're sitting in my slash living room slash library. <laughs> so uh, the classic, along with J.C. Ryle, uh, is "Mortification of Sin" yes. by John Owen, right. which it's not an easy read. Yep. You know, take some time with it, uh, but it's I think it's worth the the, the pain yeah. to get through it. Um, the other book I've got is Future Grace by John Piper, Desiring God. Uh, I think it's excellent on that, but it is a, it's a thick book, and makes a lot of noise it makes a lot of noise it. when you drop it, and that's really the key aspect of any good book. Well, were you to fall asleep reading that, yes. it might be a rude. And then finally, uh, I can't believe I just dropped that. That makes great <laughs> radio. Um, the final book I've got, which I think is, is excellent, it's helped me a lot, uh, the Cross, Living the Cross-Centered Life by C.J. Mahaney. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a short little book. It's very easy to read. Um, it gets right down to it. If, if you're struggling with progressive sanctification or specifically legalism, uh, which is kind of the the atmosphere I grew up in, this was one of the books that God used to change my heart and to uh, really change my perspective on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could just add a plug. Um, for those of you who don't mind reading, I, I think one of the things that we do sometimes ignore is the the older writers, yeah. the, the the older books, the Riles and the Owens, and the um, you know that that you do have to wade through right. them, and and you've got to work at it. But there's just such a depth, and there's such a yeah. fullness in in what God gave them. That those are are worth the work if you're willing and you know, to invest. And you don't don't be afraid to to read just short snippets. Right. Um, someone a while back, I think it was Kevin DeYoung. I uh, was listening to a message by him, and he said, "You know what? When he started off reading John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion, mm. it's like a at least my my set is like a five volume set. Right. He said, "I just sat down, said I'm going to read three pages a day, and after five years, I read the whole thing. There you go. And you know, reading three pages." It doesn't take a lot of time. You can dwell on it for a few minutes. It's not too daunting or too challenging. And you need to go through, you know, whether it's J.C. Ryle or John Owen, a page at a time or something. It's worth the investment. It is worth the investment. Well, we are thankful for the investment that you put into this program here today. Uh, We'll be back next week. And so, Phil, thank you for coming on the podcast. 
Thanks for having me. It was I'm my just, pleasure. Uh, looked like you were searching for a word, but I yeah. didn't have too long. You know, sometimes, there. sometimes I'm looking for a good joke or something mean to say, and it just doesn't come right away, and that disappoints me. I feel like I should have that <laughs> at my fingertips. As you grow in sanctification, yes. it will be more readily sure. available. All right, well, check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. All the resources we just mentioned will be listed there. You can follow us at Twitter as well, at Basic Bible Cast. And so join us back next week. 